I felt to me, he said, I want you to be a preacher. And I can guarantee in a lot of people in this room, he's saying the same thing to you. He wants you to be a preacher. He needs you to send his word out, spread the gospel out to the lost and dying world. So I met Rebecca at college, and we'd start, we didn't start dating until uh, sophomore, between sophomore and junior year that summer, July 25th of 2020. Uh, really, it's quite a funny story how I started talking to her. Uh, we really started liking each other uh, right before the COVID outbreak. So when I started talking to Rebecca, you know, things were going well, and I was taking it really slow. And, you know, I was just kind of, you know, I was trying my shot. And, and then COVID came, and I thought the world was ending. So I had to speed some things up. And uh, I remember they brought us all in the one day. They said, okay, everyone pack your bags. You're going home tomorrow. And, uh, man, it was a scary feeling. I thought the world was literally ending in one week, and I had one week to get married. Um, so I had to go out there. I remember I paced around the halls, wondering what I should say to Rebecca. And uh, she was one day, she was standing in the lobby, and I was still scared to death. You know, what am I going to say to her? What do I, how do I make this connection? And uh, so she, she forgot something back at her dormitory. And so she starts walking out across the parking lot to her dorm. And her sister, Rachel, is sitting in the lobby, and I'm, this is me, I'm pacing back and forth like this. i got to say something. I, I'm going to lose her forever. We're never going to date. We're never even going to talk again. The world's ending in a week. So <laughs> I watch her go about 100 yards across the parking lot, and then I said, that's it. You only live once. And I, I bursted out those doors. I literally sprinted. I literally sprinted. She can tell you. I, that's not an exaggeration. I actually sprinted all the way across the parking lot. And typically, you know, in that situation, you say, wait, like 100 yards back. I said it like five feet behind her. So, and then she even told me that. She's like, you know, you're supposed to say that like way over there, right? And so uh, I told her I liked her, and she told me that she liked me too. And, you know, we started talking, and, and uh, the Lord put us together. And I'm so thankful for my wife, and, and uh, we're here now. And I remember I came out here. August of 2020 to visit Rebecca for her birthday and we were just wondering you know we were just newly dating and and I said you know I don't know where God exactly would have us but let's just plan on me going back to New York and I'll you know I'll be a roofer and just we'll serve in, the, in my church and that was just my plan and that's all it was it was just my plan it wasn't God's plan and you know what we said to each other we said God wouldn't call us to Ohio right you know like God God wouldn't do that to us, you know? And, uh, but you know what we said? We said, well, let's pray about it. And I remember sitting in that parking lot of your house, and we started praying about Ohio out loud to God. And we just said, God, I don't know if you want us here or not, but Lord, if, if you do, you're going to make it happen. And now look. And uh, I just can't believe how good God has been to us lately. And uh, we don't deserve we don't deserve to serve him. We just don't deserve a whole lot. And you guys have been so kind with welcoming us in. And uh, we just can't tell you how much we appreciate that. So please look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, I want to keep one thing in mind tonight. Really, I have, I don't have, you know, three points, alliterated outline. I don't have any of that for you, but I have, I have one thought that I want everyone to catch very importantly. 
Now, I, I, I don't always do this. Sometimes I'll have, you know, three points, and this is, you know, this is a literated outline. But tonight, I want to focus on one thought, one thought. And it, it comes from this poem that I read one time. Many of you probably know it. But this idea, it's about the judgment seat of Christ. It's about the place that you and I will all stand before one day and give an account for ourselves before God. And in this poem, it's, uh, it's a lengthy poem, but one part of it really sticks out to most, and it's, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I'll say that one more time. Many of you know this, but let's apply it to our hearts tonight. You ready? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Now, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and we're going to look through some verses, and I'll point out some things, but I want to get down to around verse 14, and, and uh, we'll get there, but just stick with me. I'm, I'm going to bring us through something. Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, immediately, this is what Paul says. He's talking to the church at Corinth. He's talking to the Corinthians. This is not a good letter, by the way. He is nearly rebuking them. He's telling them what is wrong in their life, essentially. And, and, and so he starts off immediately by saying this, And I, brethren, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to babes in Christ. Young people, listen to me. Carnality. Carnality is your flesh. Carnality is sin. Carnality is tolerating your sin. Carnality is sensual. Carnality is giving in to your flesh. Carnality is looking at those dirty, filthy things on your phone that you know you shouldn't be looking at. Carnality is corrupting people. And Paul is talking to the Corinthians. He said, I can't even talk to you as unto spiritual people because you're carnal. Listen, I wonder if you can ask in your own heart today, could Paul talk to me as unto spiritual, or does he have to talk to me as unto carnal? Listen, so many people have have fallen, uh, fallen to the dirty things on their phone, to the dirty things that they're playing on, on games. Carnality is corrupting. And so Paul is having an issue here. He can't even speak at, unto them as unto spiritual people. And look in verse 2, he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet are you now are you able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife, and divisions. Are you not carnal and walk as men? So some, some fruits of carnality is envyings and strifes. And let me ask you something. Are you a better person? Are you a bitter person? Are you a carnal person? That's a, that's a fruit of carnality. Envying, strifes. And he says unto them in uh, another, another fruit of carnality, he calls them even as babes in Christ. Now listen, there's a difference between someone newly, uh, a newborn babe in Christ, someone who got saved, was living in the world, and, and they just got saved, and they're looking for the things of Christ. But there's also, there's a huge difference now, watch, when a kid gets saved and is in Christ from his youth and never grows spiritually. He's a, still a baby in Christ. And listen, I, I was giving my testimony here. For a while, when I was a teenager and I got saved when I was eight years old, I stayed that way. I stayed as a newborn baby in Christ. And you know what convicted me as a teenager is that youth pastor that came into my life. Because you know what? 
My youth pastor didn't grow up in the faith. My youth pastor got saved when he was 19. He started coming to my church, and he was in the world. I, just looking at him, you knew. He was in some things. He was in the world. Sin had a grip on him. And then one day he stood out in the parking lot of our church, and he bowed his head, and he asked the Lord to forgive him and to save him. And you know what? I watched a man go straight towards the world and completely turn straight around to Christ. And you know what started happening? Is I started getting convicted a little. Because I watched him grow towards the Lord faster than I have ever seen anybody grow towards the Lord. I thought to myself, I, this is what I thought. I thought, how could a man who just got saved be more on fire and more passionate about Christ when I've grown up with Christ my whole life? How does that happen? That should not be. You know why? I was carnal. Do you know why? I was still a babe in Christ. Young people, where is the desire to grow? Where is the desire that you have had Christ your whole life, some of you? We need to still grow. We can't stay as babies in Christ. Now, my mom, she loves when I was a baby. She would take care of me, feed me, and I would just say, Dada, and she loved me. You know what would be not cool now is I, I still went up to her house and said, Dada, feed me. I'm not a baby anymore. I can't stay that way. i got to go towards Christ. We're no longer babes in Christ. You can't stay there. That's carnality. That is carnality. Listen here, there's, um, listen, and you can be in church, you can be carnal. You can go to Bible, I went to Bible college, I met carnal people. It's not your location that determines your carnality, it's your spiritual application. We need to grow in Christ. In Romans 5, verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh, and I didn't put the rest of the verse in my notes for some reason, but listen, young people, to be carnally minded is death. I care for your life. And I care that you would be spiritually minded people. We cannot be half in the world and half in the Bible. We cannot be half carnal and half in the Bible. We cannot be half dead and half alive. For James 1.8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. What I'm scared of, what I'm scared of is double-minded teens. Listen, I've stayed there for a while. I played church on Sunday, and throughout the week, I played the world. That's a double-minded man. And guess what? In those years, I was unstable. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. What sin in your life are you still tolerating? What sins in your life are you still tolerating? Can Paul talk to you as a spiritual person or as a carnal person? Continuing on here, we, say, we see in verse 4, he says, For one saith, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos. Are ye not carnal? 
And here he's pretty much saying, um, when someone asks you, hey, are you a Christian? And you say, well, no, I'm a, I'm a Baptist or, or something else. No, you belong to Christ. You are Christ. You, don't, uh, you wouldn't say, are you a Christian? No, I am Pastor Shane Rice's. You, know, you would not say, I'm Brother Preston's. Yet this is what they were doing. That, no, they didn't even realize that they belonged to Christ. Their identity is in Christ now. You don't belong to any man. If you are saved and you were bought by the blood, you were purchased. You were purchased and you belong to Christ now. So here he says, For a while one saith, I'm a Paul, and another I'm a Paulus. Are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? And listen to me, everyone here, the pastor and I, we're no more than ministers. We're servants. That word minister means a servant. And we're nothing but, but ministers that God has put in place. And, and that's all we are, and uh, God is our identity. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? Verse 6, it says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God, God gave the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we're getting to where I want to go tonight. But he, here he's saying, the church's foundation, everything that we do for the church, everything we build up in the church, it's built off Christ. If it's built off anything else, it's worthless. Christ is the foundation. Jesus said that to Peter. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And listen to me, people, he wasn't talking about Peter. He wasn't saying upon this pebble. He was saying upon this rock. Christ is my rock. God is my rock. And he is what we build the church upon. And so I started thinking about the judgment seat of Christ here, and this is where he's about to explain for other foundation, verse 11, can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work Abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I have an illustration here tonight. And this illustration often makes me think of my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother recently passed away due to cancer. Um, she was a great woman. But... My grandmother was the queen of photo albums, and uh, she would have a photo album of everything. Okay, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you are those people. Um, but man, she had, she had pictures of me growing up throughout my whole life. 
And everything that I would do from, from a, a youth to now, she just had pictures of it, and she had it all documented in her photo album. And uh, she would show me sometimes, and people would come over, and she'd be like, oh, there's a press, the time press and fell off the boat, and you know, all these silly things. And, but I started thinking about that photo album and the pictures of my life. I started looking back on the things that I had done from a youth to now. And, you know, we think about graduation. Today's graduation Sunday. You, when you graduate, oftentimes, unless you're homeschooled, like probably most of us in here, then you didn't get a photo album at the end of the year. You didn't get a photo book. You had a picture with your sibling. That was your photo book. Um, but you would get a photo book, and what you do, you go through. You look at your life. You look at your achievements. You look at what you had done through your high school career or your college career. And you can look back, and you look at those achievements. And I don't know. I, I like to think of this illustration sometimes. Sometimes I imagine when we die and we stand before that judgment seat, and we stand before God, sometimes I like to imagine that God is standing up there with a photo book. And he's got pictures of your entire life, and, you, and his, your entire life is in that book. And he opens it up, and he starts looking through. And, and he saw that time that you prayed. He saw that time that you prayed. And you got saved that one day. He saw a time that you gave money to the church or to charity or to something good. And then he also sees the other times in your life that, that maybe you don't pay attention much to. He saw all the time that you spent on social media. Okay? He sees, he sees the time that you stole. Could be something small. Could be something big, you know. Even if it was just a pen, you still stole it, didn't you? He saw all the time spent on the video games. This was a problem in my life, too. I had to get rid of it. He saw that. He saw, he saw the time I went to camp. He saw the decisions I made at camp. Man, he saw that. God saw that. He saw all the time I spent in sports. Man, God saw that. God was there for that. And he starts going through the book, and, and he saw the time that I witnessed and, and led a soul to Christ. And he saw the time that I've spent in my Bible, and, man, he saw the time that I walked with him. Man, he loved those times. Man, God loved those times. He saw the time that I cheated. He saw the time you cheated. He saw the time I lied or lusted. Man, he saw the pride in my heart. Hey, there, here's a good one. He saw the time I vacuumed the church. That's a good one. He saw the time that... Uh, you did not share with Preston the last bite of really good cake on November 26th at 7.06 p.m. Preston really wanted that cake, but you did not share it with him. You're a bad friend for not sharing your cake with Preston. Preston still remembers this. Preston never forgets. I want that piece of cake. So he saw that time, too, by the way, just in case you were wondering. But he saw the time that we worshipped. He saw the time we sang praises. Now... In that photo album, there was a lot of different things. There's things that compiled our life. Little things and big things. But they were things, and they took up time, and they took up space in our life. And you know what? I imagine God going through, and, and you know what? He, he slows down on all the times um, that I sin. 
He starts taking them out. He says, that doesn't belong there. I paid for that. And he takes it and burns. And he saw those other things I did. And, and he starts going through. And I, I tell him not to look at this one. I don't want him seeing this one. I said, God, please don't look at this one. God, I know I did that. Please. You know what? He starts taking it out. He said, I paid for that. I love you, and I paid for that. You saw that time you lied. I put this on the same paper. Cheated and lied. I said, God, please, I, I know those, you saw those times in your life. And he said, no, son. I paid for that. That doesn't belong in there. He takes it up and he burns it. So at times I cheated. I thought it was on that paper, but I guess it's not. I don't know what I just threw away. I hope it was a sin. Okay. What was on the back of it? Okay, good. So he saw this time too, and he says, you know what, son? I paid for this. I purchased this with my own blood. I bought this. That doesn't belong in your book. And he starts going through and every sin, and I start to break down crying. Because he starts taking them all out and he starts crumpling them up. He says, I paid for that. I paid for that. You belong to me. I paid for you. And he takes your pride, he takes your shame, he takes your guilt. And he takes it all away. He wipes those tears away, even the one about the cake. It's gone. I paid for you. I paid for you. So now, he closes the book, and let's start from the beginning now, right? And we look at the book again, but you notice something now this time. The book is a little bit emptier. Those sins that took up your life, they're gone now, but... That photo album isn't as full. And so, you know, he goes through a second time. And he saw the time that you gave money. He saw the time that you prayed. And those were good things. Now, the problem was, it was wood, hay, and stubble. Because the reason you gave money was to be seen by men. And so he takes that out. It says, that was wood, hay, stubble. You start going through, and this wasn't sin, but it was wood, hay, stubble. Yeah. Takes that out, and it burns. All the hours, all the hours. That, wood, hay, stubble. Burned. Worthless. Keeps going through, and that decision at camp was good. And, and listen, you can glorify God in, in your sports, but this time you didn't. You only have one chance to. Glorified yourself every touchdown, every win. So the time that you witness, that stays. God wants you to witness. So the time spent in, your, in his word, getting to know him, that stays. So all the precious memories walking with him. 
that stays. And how about this? He sees that you vacuum the church, and, but he sees the motive too. He sees why you did it. But this time we, we just did it because we wanted to be seen by everyone else and how great of a servant we are. What hey, Sabo. And then you look through this book one last time and uh, you suffered loss. Because it's a whole lot emptier than when you started. And that's when you finally realize that only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. How easy do we forget about this promise in this book right here? That you shall suffer loss if you got wood, hay, and stubble. But gold, precious stones, these things, the things built upon Christ, the things that were done for God, in the name of God, for God, those were the things that lasted. Those are the things that give you reward in heaven. I'm done searching for earthly riches. You know how much people will put away and put away for, for their early retirement? And they'll retire early. And they, you know, we live a life so often. We live a life to get rich by 60. What about rich for eternity? What are you living for? Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I always imagine God looking through this photo album with me, and I wonder how many times I did the right thing with the wrong motive. And he says, what hay and stubble? You didn't do that for me, you did that for men's eyes. How many times did I spend countless hours, maybe either social media or playing the games, or simply doing things that just didn't honor Christ? And how precious are the memories spent focused on God? I've been to meetings where God shows up. It's an incredible feeling. How do you think you're going to feel when you stand right before him and you go through this thing? And he starts saying, wood, hay, stubble. I don't want that. And I don't want that for your teens. And I don't want that for this church. I want a church that Desires gold, precious stones. Things that are done for Christ, built upon Christ, founded on Christ. Where is our focus tonight? Where is our desire to grow? Where is our desire to get rid of the carnality in our life? And listen, I don't know what part of this photo album you struggle with, but God knows. And you can either deal with it now or you can deal with it when you meet him. I don't know if, there's a, if it's sin. I don't know if it's a weight. In Hebrews it talks about put away the sin and weight that doth so easily beset you. So I don't know if it's sin. I don't know if it's a weight. But I want to fill that photo album with the things of Christ. How full will your photo album be? How full will your photo album be when you see God?
Stop filling your photo album with the things that just don't matter. Things that have no eternal value. And start putting your focus on God. So this is the question tonight. How full will your photo album be? That's all I have. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, Lord, the strength to preach your word tonight. God, I pray that um, we would live for you and, God, every decision would be based off you. God, I I pray we wouldn't suffer loss in heaven based off the things that we thought we were doing for you but really did for men. And God, I um, pray you just open our eyes and to... uh, to love you more, to walk with you more, God, and, and base our decisions off of your life. God, I pray every decision would be founded on you. So, God, I pray that we would take this sobering thought and we go home and we apply it right now. God, I pray if there's sin in our lives, I pray you show it to us. God, I pray you show us what we need to work on. And God, I pray that we would do it all for your honor and your precious glory, God. I pray this all in your precious, beautiful name, Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand our feet with our heads bowed and eyes closed, music is playing. I believe the message was abundantly clear this evening. What a great illustration, that photo album. What a great challenge to invest more in the cause of Christ. We invest in so many things. They're not sinful things. They're not wrong things. But oh, how we need to invest in the cause of Christ. open. You can, of course, pray in your seat.